0: All right. Again, welcome. Glad for all of those who are online. We thank you for attending with us and uh, being a part of this. And so we, uh, we have this opportunity. Again, I said as Pastor Jeff asked me uh, to kind of jump in on this series, though it all kind of fits under his covering of boldness, my message today is called Sufficient. So if you have the Bible, want you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter twelve, verse nine? A device will do, also, but it's good for you to look in your Bible and uh, to find what God is saying to us, because His Word is alive. It's not just some dead letter that was written and something we go back and read from the past. No, His Word is alive, and there's things that God stirs in our hearts. I prayed about what message God would give me. I circled around several, uh, but I finally came upon the fact that this is the message that God wanted me to deliver, sufficient. So let's read this verse together, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. And Paul says, he said, that is, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. God promised sufficiency. We're going to look at this phrase, my grace is sufficient for my power. A lot of times I I miss that. I read the verse and I do like just about everybody else does. I read a verse and I stop. Sometimes it looks like there's a period, or at least the verse moves down, and so I just read, you know, my grace is sufficient. And I don't look at the rest of the verse. I don't sometimes even look at the context of the passage. But there's something going on in Paul's life, and if you read back a few verses, and I don't want to teach through this whole passage, because then we'd be here till. Uh, later tonight, but 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul is talking about something that the enemy has brought against him. In chapter 11, he talked about how many things he had suffered for the Lord's sake, and you're going to read through some of that stuff in chapter 11, and it's, it's kind of overwhelming, all the things that Paul suffered, but that's really not what bothered him. The external persecution, the beatings, and all those things, that wasn't the problem, The problem was something that was between his ears. It was something in here that was hindering him, troubling him, and causing him a lot of turmoil, and that was people who were speaking against. Now, Paul could take insults. It's not the insults. It's that the insults came because of what he was doing. And so Paul talks about the fact that there was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him or to beat him. Uh, the word means to hit him blow after blow after blow. Ever feel like something is just after you and it just keeps coming and there's some stupid thought and no matter what you do, it just keeps coming back or you talk to one person and they say it, you turn on the TV and the commercial says it and you know everybody is... Uh, and it's like, what? I, why... Why am I concerned? Why am I letting this bother me? Why am I letting this trouble me? Sometimes you're trying to go to sleep at night and, you know, just this one stupid thing just keeps rolling around in your head. And you say, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to think of nothing. That works for about three seconds. And then this thing comes again. Well, what Paul says is, I was given a messenger of Satan... Now, there's a lot of theologians and some commentaries you might pick up, and they'll read through this, and they say, well, see, you know, when Paul got saved, his eyes got blinded. Remember, Paul was struck on the road to to Damascus, and so he he was struck blind, and so God healed him, but he didn't heal him fully. And so this blindness thing, and he had sore eyes. And pardon the the bluntness of this, but there are several commentaries to say so. The pus would run out of his eyes and scarred his cheeks, and he was horrible to look at. And you know, so he's asking God to please take that away. That is not at all. It wasn't from God. If I say there was a messenger from your your father, right? Who sent the messenger? A messenger from your father would come from your father, right? A messenger from uh, the government would come from the government. That's those little white letters you get from the IRS. and the, No. It's a messenger from Satan. Who sent it? Satan. It didn't come from God. This isn't something God put on him. This is something that Satan was doing against him. It was an assault, and Paul goes on and says, it was not just a messenger of Satan, it was a thorn in my flesh. It was something that just was there. And it was pricking me and it was sticking me over and over this thing. Wouldn't go away. And what was this thing? It was a messenger of Satan. And what was it about? It was about trying to steal Paul's voice. He said, because it came because... Because... The messenger from Satan didn't want me to be received by the people. Didn't want me to be exalted in the people's eyes. Paul would come with a message of the gospel of salvation. And then these messengers from Satan would come and say, well, he's nothing. He can't talk. He's, you know, he doesn't care about you. He's Jewish, you're Gentile. You know, it's a racist thing. Uh, He's old, you're young. It's an age thing. Uh, He's a man, you're a woman, you know, doesn't, made, doesn't fit. You know. So all these things, the enemy would come to try to keep people from hearing the message. If Paul is so great, how come he's you know, being persecuted? How come he's been beaten? How come he's got broken bones? How come he's got wounds on his body? Uh, if, if Paul is, is so great, how come there's not a lot of, of support coming to him? I mean, if you've got a really good message, wouldn't people pay to hear it? Yet Paul gives his message free. Why is that? Well, it's cheap. Free stuff is cheap stuff. So that's kind of the way we think of things. And so if Paul really had a message that was that valuable, wouldn't he be charging for it? That's what the false teachers did in Paul's day. They charged a lot of money to come in and hear them. And then they would hear just strange, weird doctrines. So Paul talks about these people. In fact, later in chapter 12, he calls them super apostles. That's the word he uses, super apostles. I'm not the least behind these super apostles. These are people who are trying to keep people from listening to my message. And so here's here's the thing that was coming at Paul. Not the physical beatings. It was, why is it when I preach, people walk away? Why is it that people don't want to listen to my voice? I've suffered all of this to get here, and people won't come to listen to me. I've suffered all of this for this church at Corinth, and you don't even want to receive me. In fact, if you go back in Paul's history, he came to the church at Corinth one time, they wouldn't even let him in. And he was the founder of the church. And they wouldn't let Paul speak at all. Can you that's craziness. And so Paul said, "So I want, that to, I want the pain of that to go away. I want the harassment of that to go away. I want my voice back. I want to be able to have an influence." So he said, "Lord, take this away. Take away all this pressure, all this threat, all this comes against me, this, this stuff that's trying to steal my voice, this that must be made just keep quiet just sit down if you sit down if you just shut up if you don't talk then everything will be okay and you can just travel to any city in the roman empire you want to travel to and nobody will care but then what the gospel won't be preached so what's the enemy after is trying to silence paul's voice you think paul had a problem with this yeah Three times in Paul's letters, he says, Pray for me that I may have boldness to speak the gospel. Pastor Jeff read one of those verses last week. Paul asked the people to pray for him, that he'd have boldness? Paul? I mean, Paul. (laughs) He needed boldness? If Paul asked the people to pray for him, that he would have boldness to preach the gospel, how many of us think we might need that same prayer? Yeah, I need that same prayer. So Paul is saying, Lord, just take away, take away all of this, this pressure that's trying to steal my voice. Take away the lies. Take away all the ridicule, all those things. But the Lord had a response. The Lord said, my grace is, what's the word on the screen? Sufficient. 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 Now, here's the Cambridge definition. Put that up on the screen. Cambridge definition of the word sufficient. To have or to be enough. Acceptable to meet the need. To have enough. Acceptable to meet the need. So we give something to somebody and say, will this be sufficient? And it's just like, is this, a, is this okay? Um, you might ask somebody, do you have sufficient to, to take care of that? I hope we have sufficient. Jen and I used to, we had a spiritual parents, mom and pop, Sprague, and any time we were traveling or whatever, before we left, they'd always say, you got enough money to come home? You know, you might have enough money to go on your vacation, but do you have enough to come home. <laughs> So, I mean, that was always there because we want you back here. And um, so, do you have sufficient? And do you have enough to meet the need? And so, we think sufficient means meet the need. And so, we read this and we say, Well, uh, Paul said, The Lord, uh, take this away. And the Lord said, My grace is enough to meet the need. Enough to meet the need. Well, i got an illustration for this. So, if I put, the, put my pictures up here on the screen, Pastor Jeff. I don't know if you can read this very well, but this is Pastor Jeff's Starbuck drink. Okay? And so uh, they spelled his name wrong, but I know that. I go through that myself, so forget trying to tell people how to spell your name right. Okay. So this was Jeff's, it's a something Carmi Macchiato. I I don't even know what all this is. Triple, extra foam, extra caramel drizzle. So if you ever want to do something for Pastor Jeff, take a picture of that, take a picture of that, and get him one of those. I don't think I, I, don't think, I, think, I, don't think I drink it. I don't like my coffee sweet. But anyway, so th- the price on this came to $6.25. All right, I know. A 50-cent cup of coffee. I remember when we would pay a quarter for a cup of coffee. Yeah, I know. OK. We don't live there anymore, folks. So here's here's our idea of what sufficient is. $6.25. Is that sufficient? Does that meet the need? Yeah, that takes care of that. I can get my coffee. That's sufficient. So Paul said, take this away. And the Lord said, my grace is enough to meet the need. That's our idea. Well, that's not God's idea of sufficient. Because this word literally means an overwhelming surplus. Amount that goes way beyond. To meet the need and above. An abundance that is beyond what was asked. So here's God's idea of sufficient. That's a 10 ounce ounce bar of gold. I might have to call the security guy in here right now. This is okay. You know this is not real, all right? Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have it in here. Okay, but um, ten ounce bar of gold. Actually, it comes in little. Uh, it comes in little tablets. In fact, you can get this ten ounce bar of gold in a, in a thing that is. You can break off one ounce pieces. Really? First of all. Where are you going to spend that? Okay, but anyway, this 10 ounce bar of gold is worth 17,000. Actually, not 800 dollars anymore. It's 17,260 something, as of this morning. So my gold went down in value. But is this sufficient? Now Starbucks won't take it. So if you're thinking of using your gold 10 ounce bars when you go to Starbucks, uh, let me tell you, they won't take them. I'm just telling you. But, is that sufficient to pay for that coffee? Is it? Yeah. And what? And a lot more. Right? So, that's God's idea of sufficient. So, when the Lord says, Paul, my grace is an overwhelming surplus Yeah, I know. But will you take it away? No, my grace is an overwhelming surplus. Yeah, I know. But will you take it away? Three times they you prayed. But God, will you take this away? My grace is an overwhelming surplus. Now listen to the rest of the verse. For my power is made perfect... In weakness. My power, my grace, my power. What was reaching for definitions for the word grace? Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense, people use that. God's God uh, removing all your sin, God uh, giving you what you don't deserve. All those things, all those things work, but here's here's God's definition right in the Bible. What the word grace means. My grace is my power. You can plug that into any situation you face. Your sin, huh. my grace is the power to take care of your sin. My grace is the power to remove death from your life. My grace is the power to heal you. My grace is the power to replace your weakness. But here's the key. You don't draw from the grace till you know you have a need. My grace is my power. Paul was trying to do this all in his own strength. Paul says, yeah, I can take the beatings. Go ahead, beat me. Break my bones again. I've been three times in the deep we know we know we read the book of Acts one time that he spent the night in the ocean. Paul says three times. I've been without food. I've been naked, I've been under peril, I've been under threat. I've faced the sword. I face I can do that. I can do that. But this insult against me, this thing that wants me to stop talking. This thing that wants to steal my voice, that's where I'm running out. And that's where I need your help. My grace is sufficient. A messenger of Satan to buffet. So I wrote down some little thoughts, I just thinking about Paul's issue, then expanding it into the things that we might face. So here's some things in our lives The enemy sends his assaults against us. They might be ridicule, they might be rejection, they might be disrespect. Things that make it difficult for us when it comes to the opportunity to speak the gospel to somebody, to share the message of salvation, to tell people about what God's done in our life. So, here's some things. The enemy comes to keep us from presenting our testimony. Uh, you, don't, you don't want to share that. I mean, you don't want people to really know. Do you, do you want people really to know about your past? Do you really want to share your testimony? Yeah, because you know what that is? That's God's grace overwhelming your past. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what's wrong with sharing your testimony? And even sharing the worst parts of it, Paul wasn't afraid to. Why should we? Because the person that you're speaking to may just need to know how bad God brought you out. What great issue was before you? How about these assaults come to distract us from a life that glorifies God. My grace is sufficient. Well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get that bold with my Christianity. I don't want people to say, hey, he's a Jesus freak. You know, or he's just, you know, he's just a, one of those church people. Good. Amen. I'm glad people will know that. Hey, all he ever talks about is Jesus. Good. Which Jesus this and Jesus that. We've been ridiculed by people Uh, it's like why do you why do you have to bring Jesus into everything because Jesus is in everything (laughs) that's why his grace is this overwhelming surplus these things come to harass us so that we see ourselves as defeated and I can't do that it's like what if mm, I mean I'm not the greatest person, you know, and if I bring this up that I, you know, it's like, no. We see ourselves as defeated. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. They, these voices come to condemn us for not having faith, not having enough faith. Paul, if you're really a man of faith, I come you got all these wounds in your body? Why is it that you've been three nights in the deep? You've been without food. How is it that you're not walking the full life of faith, living in you know, the best of circumstances? Where's your faith, man? Enemy comes to steal our voice. He comes to steal. Listen to this one. Steal our voice that believing in God is meaningless. I know, yeah, the prayer thing. You wanna pray for me? Yeah, right, okay, go ahead. Talk to this invisible God. Talk to somebody that doesn't care. You know, if God cares so much, why isn't he taking all the problems out of the world? Why isn't he, you know, allowing this? Why doesn't God stop this? You know, so that your praying, your faith, your witness, is meaningless, And the enemy throws all those things. That, I'm not saying people even say these things. You think they might. That's the lie of the enemy. That's the thorn in your flesh that keeps you from even wanting to open your mouth. Nobody said these things. Maybe they won't. Maybe you'll ask them to pray, and they'll break into tears and say, you know, nobody's ever prayed for me before. Maybe you'll share your testimony and say, I didn't think God could help anybody out that had that kind of things in their life. But see, we think they won't, so the devil steals our voice. But God said, Paul, my grace is an overwhelming surplus. I'm going to share with you something very personal. This Sunday, me up here on the platform, Pastor Jesse asked me to do this actually a couple months ago. A little over a month ago, maybe about a month ago, I was going through a horrible place. Jeff? Yeah. And I was... I was ready to walk into Pastor Jeff's office and say, I think you ought to give this to somebody else. Um, I really don't have anything to say that Sunday. I don't think people want to listen to me. I don't teach the way people want to hear. I'm kind of old fashioned. Maybe I'm a little old for this. I can't wear skinny jeans. You don't even want to think about me (laughs) in skinny jeans. Pink bunnies, think of bunnies. Okay, so anyway. The enemy tried to steal my voice. You don't need to get up there. Somebody else can do this. Let somebody else. And I was ready, it seriously was. And finally, I got bold enough to tell that, though it had been in my head for several days, Finally, we got bold enough to tell that to Jim. And of course, the first thing that comes when you share that with people is, "Oh, Jeff, you can do that." People like to hear you. You got lots of people follow you. You got a whole line of people that would buy you cheap coffee. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not a six dollar twenty five cent cup of coffee, but you know, you got people that'll be with you. There's, you're good. Your voice, you got great. You know, you look great up there. Um, anyway so people come and and but you know what that's not what i needed to hear i don't need an external voice telling me i can do this yes thank god for encouragement and we all need to be encouraged to one another and we need to speak good words to people but i don't need you telling me i need that stupid voice in my head to stop because that's what was trying to steal my voice Not an insult from people, not somebody telling me any of those things, but my fear, my thoughts that that was there, and that I don't really have a reason to speak. And the enemy wanted to steal that voice. But as I shared with Jan, and then we were sharing with another friend and and a counselor, and he, in prayer... he got this word from God that he saw a splinter. And the splinter had not only entered, but it had caused infection, and it was festered, and it was causing pain and discomfort, and all of those things. And you know what? Immediately as he said that, I thought of this phrase, a thorn in the flesh. That's exactly, the enemy had put this splinter and it was festering, not necessarily by his work, but my own. I was meditating on this, I was making it bigger, I was enlarging the problem, I was allowing that to steal my voice. And I knew immediately, as I came out of that, as I came out of that time of prayer, it's like that whole thing broke. And I knew this was the message that God wanted me to preach. Because the enemy is trying to put splinters in your life. He's trying to put a thorn in the flesh. To keep your voice, to steal your voice. So the Apostle Paul said this. I asked the Lord. And catch this, catch this next phrase. The Lord said. The Lord said. The Lord said, not my friends said, not some voice outside said, not my wife said, the Lord said. Down from the inside of me came this voice. Down from the inside was where I needed this revelation of God's overwhelming surplus. I needed that to come from within. And I thank you, all of those who do stand with me and pray for me and speak good about me and encourage me at times. I thank you for all of that. And that's important. But I need that voice from the inside. And so do you. His grace is sufficient. Not my friend's words are sufficient. Not your encouragement is sufficient. Not my education is sufficient. Not my boldness. Is sufficient it's not me it's something coming from the inside of me his grace is sufficient and I want you to notice the next phrase he didn't say my grace has been sufficient that just is an over and done thing God's grace has come and therefore you've received his grace how many of you received of God's grace raise your hands if you're saved you received his grace it's not that his grace has come. Paul's been saved for years when he wrote this verse. He said, what I needed to know, I needed to know that every place in my life, hear this: every place in my life, where there's a weakness, he wants to shed his grace. He wants to change that to something from him. Every place there is a weakness. My grace is this overwhelming surplus. So Paul's next words are what? So I will rather glory in my weakness. I'm going to boast about my weakness. I'm going to look for the places in my life. I want to see where those stupid splinters are. You ever have a splinter in your It's like, I got to find what that is because no matter what you touch, it hurts and it's tiny, but it's there. Yeah. Look at this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. This is taking us back a couple chapters. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now the subject here, Paul's talking about his finances, but the principle still works because of the words that are in the verse. He uses the words abundance and sufficient. Listen to 2 Corinthians 9. Now this is from the Passion translation. Uh, Don't know if you have that. You might have it if you have uh, a electronic device, you may be able to find it. So this is the Passion Translation, Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. Man, I love that. Ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything every moment and in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do." Man. Now, I know, in the context, that's about financial issues. How many glad for that? <laughs> okay, that's, that's the main context here. But look at the principle. The principle is if God is going to do that in my financial area, he's also going to do it in the strength that I need, the wisdom that I need, the help that I need, the hope that I need, the words that I need. God is going to overwhelm me in every way and at every time, in every circumstance, in every situation. There will be an overwhelming surplus. I don't need to wait for God to take the problem away. I need to operate out of what's coming from within. Now listen, I didn't say what is within me, because Paul did the Lord didn't say, my grace is in you. He said, my grace is sufficient, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. So therefore, Paul says, so I will glory in my weaknesses. I'm gonna boast about my weakness. I'm gonna look at every place in my life. And say, hey, here's a place. God, I need your grace to flow into this. I need to get this splinter out. I need your grace to flow into this part of my life. So the enemy comes along and he says, you can't. But God says, no, my power, my grace is my power. Everybody say that, my grace is my power. His power. And the word for power here is this word for over. Uh, an overabundance of power a miraculous power it's the root for the word miracle root for our word dynamite it's a word which means a supernatural ability that sits within, it's like having this supercharged battery that's on the inside of you, all you need to do is hook something up to it my grace is my power it's a supernatural ability but you got to hook something to it you got to draw from it and you don't draw from it if you don't think you have a need. So if we go through life confessing, well, I've got no problems, I've got no needs, everything's taken care of, all I've, all I've ever had, Jesus took care of everything when I, when I got bored again, every, every problem's gone, every, first of all, in reality, everybody's going to look at you and say, uh, don't think so. Because how many of you know after you got saved, you got some problems? Anybody else besides me? After you got saved, you got some problems? Yeah. So Paul is specifically talking about an ongoing ability of God that is given to him to help in his time of need. And what's his time of need? I need a voice. I need a voice. I need a voice to speak. But then the enemy comes along and says, well, I can't. This thought gets into your head. I can't, I don't, I don't have that kind of ability. I'm not that kind of person. That's not, that's not my makeup. That's not my personality. That's not who I am. I can't. Philippians chapter 4 says, I can do all things through the one who's constantly giving me his strength. I'm sufficient for every circumstance through the one who's constantly. Listen, listen constantly enforcing me. Not that I'm sufficient without him, because I'm not. I'm sufficient through the one who is constantly providing. You know, these lights are, are glowing by a power of electricity that flows into them and it makes the light, and so we get it. But if you shut that power off from someplace else, what happens to the lights? They go out. His power flows, and the more we allow it to flow out of it, out of us, the more that comes. Now, with the electric company, we pay for it. With God, we don't. Okay, thank you, Jesus. So, so th- this, this thing that says, "I don't have this ability, that's just not me. That's not the kind of person I am. I can't do this. I, ca- I, can't, I can't open my mouth and talk to people. I can't share my testimony with people. I can't engage somebody. I can't ask somebody to pray. Yes, you can. Because when you do, His grace will begin to flow through you. How about this one, my past. If you knew what kind of person I am, I, I always teasingly say, you know, the reason I don't go to my class reunions is because those people knew me. But um, the reality is, yeah, my past. My past. Pastor Bob, or Bob Yandian, he got saved when he was five years old. What did he, what did he do? push push his sister? (laughs) Stick out his tongue, you know? What what, what was it God forgave him from? What was it he got set free from? Um, My stuff? A little bit more than that. You don't need to know. But you know what? If I needed to share my testimony with someone, if I needed to tell someone about my past, if I need to tell them the ugly parts of life that God redeemed me from, I'm ready. I'm ready. And if it brings ridicule from some people, get over it. Because God gave me a voice. Yeah, well what about, what about the consequences? Sometimes there's consequences. You know, if I share my testimony, what, what's going to happen after I do? What if I ask this person for prayer and, and it doesn't go well? And they, they get offended or I get thrown out of a restaurant or I'm threatened to be fired from my job because I asked people if they needed prayer. Isaiah 54 says, No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you and every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn. And so that there is a way that you can stand in God's promise and draw from this grace that is on the inside. God will give you a way to share your voice. Finally, we might say, well, you know, Pastor, Bob's, or Pastor Jeff has been talking about boldness. I'm just not that kind of bold person. Well, here's the, here's the truth. The word boldness in the Greek language just means words, free words. That's all the word boldness in Greek language means, boldness, words that will flow. Free words. But you know what? You can try this if you want to. Words don't come out of you till you open your mouth. Maybe maybe you never thought about that before. But words don't come out till you open your mouth. So, you need to open your mouth. You need to talk. You need to say something. You know what? Then you'll find all of a sudden these words start coming out. Free words. Bold words. But if you let circumstances out there challenge you, in your head, steal your voice, become a thorn in your flesh so that you're not willing to, and you want the problem to go away instead of releasing the grace, then it's not going to happen. You know why? But God has given you a promise. First, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Many of you know this verse. 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. A better translation, I love the NIV on this, says, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. That's the NIV. The spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. If you need to, write that down. The Spirit God gave us does not make us timid. I don't need to back away. I need to step up and engage. So what was it Paul said? I asked the Lord to take the problem away. Take the harassment's away, take all those things away, and the Lord said no my grace is sufficient, it's an overwhelming surplus for you to stand against the harassments, for you to have a voice, for you to speak against those things even if it means disrespect even if it means people ridiculing, mocking why? because, listen to the rest of the voice the rest of that verse because my grace is made perfect in your weakness. Made perfect. I want to center on that word for just a minute as we come to our close. Made perfect. The word made perfect in the Greek language means to bring its intended end or purpose. In other words, His grace doesn't reach its intended purpose until it finds our weakness. So if we're not willing to let His grace flow into our weakness, then His power never reaches its full intended purpose. God gave that to overwhelm that problem, to stand against that, to flood your mind, to help you. Stand against that thing that the enemy is trying to steal from you. So put our verse back up there again. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. The second half says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'll more gladly boast of my weakness, so the power of Christ may, for the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness. Really? Do I, do, I want to, do I want to read that verse? Do I want to confess that verse? I'm content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. I'm content with those? Yeah, because when I recognize them, then I can point the power of God's grace into that thing and overwhelm it with his ability he can fill up that which is lacking it is then that God flows into our life so we're going to boast really? we're going to boast of our weaknesses? how many are willing to boast of your weakness? I'm going to see hands Boast of our weaknesses because I won't see his grace if I won't point out my weakness. Paul could do it. Why can't we? If Paul could stand boldly before the Lord and say, you know what? I'm going to boast of my weakness. I'm going to to find whatever it is. I'm going to put the spotlight of God's grace searching my life. I'm going to find every stupid weakness that's in my head, that's trying to steal my voice, that's trying to keep me from fulfilling the things that God has asked me to do, that God has given me the power to do, that he's put within me a desire to do. Many times God puts things in our hearts. Boy, I wish I could do that. Come on, I'm not the only person in here that has those kinds of things. Man, I wish I, I, wish I could do that. I wish I could, I wish I was that kind of person. I wish, stop wishing. Focus the grace of God on it and let him flow through you and just see. You know what? God's going to do it. God's going to do it. Why? Because his grace is made perfect in my weakness. I want everybody to stand with me. His grace made perfect in my weakness. You know, maybe here this morning and uh, the issue in your life, maybe it's healing. Maybe new wisdom, something in your life that you're facing. Maybe it's a sickness or disease, not just in your life, but maybe somebody else's maybe it's somebody that's on your heart and you want to pray for them we got counselors at the front a lot of other people to join if you come forward <clears throat> we will minister into your need that's our desire to see god flow through you these counselors come up believing that god has given them grace to minister to you maybe you've never been born again maybe you're watching on television and you've never or online, and you've never um, opened your heart to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. This is your day. This is your opportunity. There's no better day than today to open our hearts to receive the grace of God in our life. If you need salvation, He's here to meet you. Come, they'll pray for you. If you've got a relative or a friend that you want to believe for them to be healed, come, ask them. They'll pray with you, they'll agree with you. Maybe you need to be filled with the Spirit. See the power of God working through your life. Ability to speak in tongues, minister to the Lord, receive from Him. Let God's power work through your life. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are all about. God's power working through us. To take it out to those who need to hear. We're going to sing a song here in just a couple of minutes as we close the service called The God of Revival. I love this song and the God of revival. And we need to pray for God to move. How many of you believe God? We need revival in our land. Is that right? We need revival. We need His power working on our behalf. We need to see the power of God flowing into people's lives, setting captives free. Part of the words in this song says this, there's no body you can't raise. No soul you can't save. All things are possible. You know, there are people throughout our land, throughout our nation, throughout your community, even your family, who need the power of revival. And I believe the power of revival comes from the Lord. But listen, every great revival came through the mouths of people. People opened their mouth and spoke. There's incredible revival in China. You know, many of you know that I made so many trips to China. There is incredible revival in China. You know why? The people talk. They share the gospel with their family, with their friends, with their village, and they're seeing incredible power. Sometimes I think we're just waiting here for God to do something. And he's saying, open your mouth. So my message today about being sufficient, don't let God steal your voice. Whatever it is that's been keeping you, hindering you, get past it. Draw from his grace. It's inside of you. It's not me talking you into it. It's not me rallying you together and somehow getting ourselves all charged up to go out and do it. No, it's not. About, it's about you drawing from the grace of God that's on the inside of you. He can do this through you. But you've got to open your mouth. You've got to open your mouth. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray, Father, that those who are here, Father, we hear your voice. We we want revival. We long for revival in this land. We long for revival throughout the world. But God, you're going to use us. You've got to use us. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Father, that you you were more sufficient for Paul. Your grace is more su- than sufficient for me. For your power is made perfect in our weakness. Use us. Use us. Move us past those barriers that have stolen our voice and give us words to speak. We thank you for this, Father, in Jesus' name.